Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. Um, we have a really good podcast tonight. Um, I'm here with Keon from Split Screen. Um, he's an organization out of Pueblo, Colorado, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, thank you for joining us tonight. Um, we wanted to have you on just kind of get a little bit of feedback because uh, you've been doing tournaments, you've been doing different events in Colorado, something that we're familiar with. And I thought it'd be a good idea to get you on and kind of let everyone know whether they're in the area or if they want to maybe get into esports or have any organization questions, kind of give them some information about kind of your path and your journey to where you've um, kind of gotten to now. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. So thank you so much for uh, hopping on tonight. Really appreciate it. Oh, of course. Of course. Um, uh, so, yeah, thank you. And uh, so why don't you, we can start off with um, letting everyone know, you know, who you are, what your background is, um, how you got into, you know, the gaming industry, uh, how you started split screen and then what is split screen? Oh, definitely. All right. So it's been a long journey, man. Yeah. Um, so my name is Keon. I am the owner of split screen and mm-hmm. we're actually building a video game lounge out here in Colorado. Um, I got my start actually back in 20, I want to say 2016, 2017, um, fresh out of the Navy, uh, looking for like just something to do. So I was actually going to school to make video games. And while I was going there, I was working at this mom and pop shop. Uh, it was a like a small video game store out in Grand Junction. Um, and I know, like, I was drawn to games, so I knew I wanted to do something video game related. So that's why I went mm-hmm. to school to make them. But while I was working at this mom and pop shop, I noticed there was like a really weird like environment. So the owner, um, he was kind of like a stickler about like if you weren't purchasing a video game, get out. Mm-hmm. But I, I found myself oftentimes like I love talking about video games. I love video games. If you came in and had a question, I'll talk mm-hmm. your ear off. If you had a, an opinion about a game, I was there like halfway. If the owner wasn't there, I'll talk to you about video games for a couple hours if you let me. Yeah. Um, Sorry, my dog's chewing on something. Oh, no, you're good. You're good. I'll, I'll keep it going. Oh, but yeah, you're good. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> but then I got to talking to my wife about it one time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were walking our dog one night and she like had like a suggestion like what if you what if you like made your own video game store and you could have like a little hangout area in the store where you could talk about video games I was like that's pretty cool but then I didn't want to sell the game like it's cool like video game sales is awesome but like I didn't want to sell mm-hmm. games I wanted just just to hang out and that's when we got the idea together for a video game lounge a place you can come and play console games PC games if you had nostalgia you can come and play retro titles I wanted mm-hmm. like an environment that could like recapture that 80s arcade vibe but like today mm-hmm. and like with all the technology we got now you got pc so it's, it's rare that you're gonna hop or go to a physical place and play with somebody as opposed mm-hmm. to hopping online 
So I wanted to create a unique environment that let you do that. And fast forward, after we started fleshing out the ideas, so mom and pop shop went under, unfortunately. And I was working at Walmart at the time, and I was writing down ideas for the video game lounge on like receipt paper. Mm-hmm. And over time, we started like fleshing it out and making it real. So fast forward, we're here. But we had our first tournament in 2018. We put on a Rocket League tournament. Um, we advertised it as free. Um, anybody can come participate. We we're giving away a Series X, an Xbox Series X, and a PS4 Pro at the time. Ended up having like, I want to say like 80, 90 participants come hang out. So I was like, okay, wait, I'm, I may have oh, had, cool. I might have their ear with this. Yeah, that's a good turnout. Yeah, it was a crazy turnout. I was sweating. I was nervous, man. Didn't know how to <laughs> talk to people. Um, then we did a Smash Bros. tournament. Now, when I advertised my Smash Bros. tournament, um, I put it in like the caption, our first major event. Didn't know what a major was. Like mm-hmm. I played a lot of games, but I didn't play play in a lot of tournaments. So I didn't know if there was majors and minors mm-hmm. as far as sports go. So when I said my first major tournament on like put on Facebook, I had some Smash Bros. tournament officiants come and like contacting me, like, hey, this is not a major event. Take this down. Mm-hmm. Um, like like pretty much got like a bunch of backlash. I didn't realize that there were gatekeepers in the Smash Bros. community. <laughs> wow. Um, so I actually went and met with them. We sat down, we had lunch, we talked about it, and I explained to him, like, this is my first major event, first one I'm mm-hmm. putting on, like a paid event. I explained it to him. It's not gonna be like how normal Smash Bros. tournaments are ran. It's gonna be mm-hmm. a free-for-all tournament and we're gonna make it family friendly. Everybody can come and hang out. We ended up selling out um and I'll say like two or three weeks. And I was like, okay, this is real now. It's like it went from idea like <clears throat> paper to like I got something like we can like push to the masses. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's that's how we started our like tournaments and whatnot. Now fast forward today, um I'm actually promoting a Madden tournament we have coming up here um at Century Cinemark in Aurora in XD. I think it used to be called Century 16. I gotta look up the actual name of the establishment, but we have a Madden tournament at the movie theater. So fast oh, cool. forward, we're building our lounge and we're actually still putting on events all over Colorado. Sorry, so- a lot of yeah, I know that was great. Um, so recap: so you worked for a mom and pop shop. Yes. They they weren't running it a way that really cultivated community, and then they closed down. And then you you open up an, a lounge, or do you? What 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 was it that you, did you open up a lounge? Yeah. So there was a spot on campus. I was when I was going to CMU. It was mm-hmm. called the Point. They let us rent out their space, put up a bunch of consoles, and hang out and play at the Point. And have tournaments and just have like daily operations. So you can come and hang out. We'll talk about video games. We got trivia, mm-hmm. giveaways. We were giving away like merch. This is like not what we had back then, but we like gave away t-shirts and everything and just had a space mm-hmm. to come and hang out, talk video games, play video games. And yeah. So but, was that only for college kids or was that open to everyone? The public. So it was the first spot. So we started off for college kids, but it was open to the public. So pub- we had locals come out and hang out and play games mm-hmm. with us. Nice. And you were running that out of the college campus that was our first brick and mortar okay cool so then you have that and then you so start and then from there you build kind of a community right like you got people you you kind of have a spot you kind of have a name brick and mortar and then you start hosting your first tournament which is rocket league is that right yeah that was rocket league and you and you do that at that spot yeah we're doing it right at that spot so we have league and a couple smash bros and then a call of duty tournament out there so how are you for people who are starting out, you know, maybe they want to get into tournament hosting or maybe they want to get into some sort of events. How did you, how did you get like, you know, what, it, 
how did you structure your promoting or your your tickets or your how did you even start the event or you know what was your plan oh okay. so i didn't have a plan i'll be honest so <laughs> like you think you got a plan and like everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face but mm-hmm. so my pl- like plan quote unquote which was just really haphazard um we were gonna do some guerrilla marketing i was gonna press up a bunch of flyers and i was gonna just post a bunch i didn't even know about facebook ads until mm-hmm. i had some traction but so we made like i want to say two three thousand flyers and we walk like mm-hmm. i hand in like hey i talked to people in parking lots at walmart's target the mall went to the mm-hmm. camp on campus and i was like hand to hand with every flyer hi my name wow. is I had, I had a three minute speech for everyone <laughs> like passed out like no no bs two thousand flyers hi my name is keon um i play a lot of video games i want to introduce you guys to split screen we got a tournament coming up it's free come hang out and mm-hmm. i did that and passed out every flyer hand to hand I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, there's probably a smarter way, but in doing that, people got like my whole like face. They got to see who I was and got to interact. Yeah. With then we also had like a we set up a desk for signups on the college campus. We were like just meeting and hanging out with people and just talking about game. Like, what's your favorite game? If they happened, if I got lucky enough, they said their favorite game was the tournament I have. Mm-hmm. Oh, anyway, come hang out, come play the tournament. Yeah. So that was how we actually like built. I built my first, I want to say, three, four hundred followers on social media in person wow. but, but having them in person gave me enough leverage because like these were organic so that mm-hmm. way like, if i'm interacting with you i'm gonna get like way better analytics mm-hmm. and they told their friends you know one friend tells two friends and so on and so forth and then you have a buzz big enough to do something with um mm-hmm. then there was also the social media aspect you know i made a bunch of posts spent uh, unnecessary money on ads like so that part was, was it was a hassle. Like in your head, mm-hmm. you think if I put $200, the whole city is going to know about my tournament. I have. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not how it plays out. So I want to say it was like a 10% rule. Like out of a hundred people who viewed the promotion, I got 10 people actually liked it. Then 10% of that one or two people may have committed to coming to the event. So that was a numbers game at that point. Yeah. Which is funny you said, cause when I started doing tournaments, I did the same thing where I would put Facebook advertisements and, you know, you put however much X amount of money you think that it's going to get that many impressions. You think it's going to get that many people coming. And then I had a separate registration form on that, um, on that ad. And so, but ours was like, we would have probably like, let's say we have a hundred signups. We found out that on average, it was always 40% of a show rate. So whatever registered people we had with 40% would show up. So the first tournament, I think we had like 30 signing signups, 25. And so we're like, cool. We got 25 people end up being, you know, 10. <laughs> it's, it's painful when it first, when it happens. Yeah. When you, you first play. start. Makes you feel like I'm flop. So mine actually was inverted. So I had a big turnout first one, decent turnout second one. But then fast forward, I put on a tournament for Madden at the Mirrors mm-hmm. Gallery in Denver. And I had, I want to say like 120 RSVPs. Mm-hmm. And it's just RSVP. So in my head, I'm like, this is going to be a crazy turnout. It's going to be a packed event. It's going to be wild. And I had like, I want to say like 12 or 13 people show up. I was heartbroken mm-hmm. the whole night. I was trying to contain it. It wasn't working. But that's what made me realize I, I can't trust the RSVPs, but like Mm-mm. tap into the analytics. So like, yeah, and that's that was a huge lesson for me because I when I, we were putting them on, me and my, my, me and my friend were, um, we would have, the, we, we started that. We started big signups, but not a lot of turnout. And mm-hmm. then we tried to figure out, like try to break it down. Okay, so how do we, 
how do we pinpoint how many like how do we actually get a good estimate of how many people are coming because mm -hmm. if you have like you said rsvps but you're having your show rate be super low we needed to figure out a way to basically get them to commit before they even before commit at the time of registration because exactly. a lot of people register and then they would just not show up mm -hmm. no matter how many reminders i sent text emails everything we just we couldn't get more than 40 percent showing up yeah. and so i i still haven't been able kind of cracked it but you almost need a pre for everyone listening if you're hosting a tournament i would suggest you get registration form with a payment that's linked yeah, to it because two things right obviously we need to cover our costs to run the tournament so one if you don't show up that helps cover the cost and two most people are going to show up when they pay money yeah <laughs> yeah so they're already committed so that for me was figuring that out really helped but then that made it almost start over because now then i had a small reservation so yeah. then you know then you have less reservations so then you're trying to advertise and promote more and it just it's a really hard struggle for any of the tos out there or event hosts <laughs> It is. It's a delicate balance in that. But one mm -hmm. thing I would recommend, like it's gonna sound like super cliche, I always always recommend like take your community, take who you are and everything you're building, and reach out to other communities, tap mm -hmm. in, cross promote. I feel like even though you have like your group of people who lock in with you, if you go lock in with somebody else, you two can tag team these events. Now you give mm -hmm. it a pull from someone else's pull, and you guys can both feed each other. Yeah, and the gaming community, I feel like right now is so new and networking is such a huge asset that a lot of people yeah. underestimate that you can cross promote and it's beneficial for everyone everyone's yeah. in a benefit it just helps the community like i i basically it, it, every uh community i've reached out to has loved to collaborate or do something yeah. and it's great you know everyone's just trying to grow and build their communities and it just it only it only betters everyone when we cross basically pollinate <laughs> basically yeah um so you so you do the tournament that mm -hmm. was you had a great turnout and then from there, you were like, okay, I want to start doing more tournaments now, right? So you kind of got like in, excited about doing events. I did, I did. So I want to say like my love for the tournament part of it didn't start until later. So I was originally only doing tournaments to make enough make enough capital so that we can build our own brick and mortar in like mm -hmm. a different location. Like I wanted to buy a building and then you know get the lounge going separate from the school, like create our own brand identity. But mm -hmm. then as we started like doing more more creative events, like not just mm -hmm. having a tournament, but having, um, a co we had a cosplay event actually. So mm -hmm. we did Mortal Kombat, but then we opened it up to, if you came in like with Mortal Kombat costume, cause it was like a Halloween, close to Halloween tournament. So if you came with the costumes, then we'd give you half off of the ticket, you get a raffle and then we're giving away another prize on top of like the grand prize everyone's competing with. Mm -hmm. um, so we had a costume contest on top of a tournament. So then that's when I started noticing there's conversation happening amongst the people. So everyone came to play their game, but they also came to hang out because we have like a hangout vibe. So if you can like make it unique enough, you can do something somebody else is doing, but they'll be more gravitated towards what you got going on because of the unique aspect. Mm -hmm. Fortunately enough for us, we were the first in Colorado to have video game tournaments at movie theaters. So like it's that, that part was like beneficial for us. Absolutely. Yeah. So go into a little bit of that. Um, so I've never... I don't know if anyone else has heard, but like I haven't ever heard of anyone throwing a tournament, a video game tournament at a movie theater. How right. did you guys end up getting into those spaces? All right. So, um, I and what gave you that idea? <laughs> so, the movie theater themselves, actually. So, they on their website, like if you're like, like look for a movie you want to go, go see, new, new Marvel movie, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, scroll down, they just 
on their page, they have private events and you can play video games with your friends. I'm like, okay, that's, that's cool. Like me and my friends, we've shared posts back and forth. Like mm-hmm. if we all go hang out and play Halo three together, we can be just the five of us, but then, yeah. but then you start looking at the cost of it, but booking a theater is pretty expensive. So I was like, if it's just me, five of us playing video games, why not invite some people and see if we can do something with it. So I, yeah. I drafted up my first idea and that was first smash Bros. tournament. Um, and then I sent it to the theater. So I actually like reached out to the Harkins um, GM, and because it was such a unique inquiry or inquiry, sorry, because it was so unique, the GM sat with it for a minute, then reached back and asked me to come meet, and we sat down and like broke down the logistics of how that, how a ticketed event at a movie theater where it's not their tickets, it's ours would work. And after we sat down and like figured it out, it's like well. There's like a we had like a really big latency like between the console to the theaters like you need some type of buffer and we put together like putting the monitors play on the monitors and then we'll have everyone who came to watch the tournament get to see it esports style on a big screen mm-hmm. and the theater loved it so they actually reached out to us a couple of times hey can you guys come back bring do some more tournaments and that's what got a ball rolling so we we did something unique enough that got us got us in the door mm. with some traction. Yeah, that's really cool. I've never heard of a tournament being hosted at a movie theater. So how did that look then? Um, you know, compared to a traditional venue, you know, was there like a, a registration at, at the front or how, how did how was the process for people wanting to to get in? Uh, so for this one, um, we got permission to advertise. I'm sorry, to have the tickets booked through our website. So on splitscreenloungelike.com mm-hmm. is where you get the tickets to come to the event. But the QR code worked for the theater scanners. So you can get your ticket scanned, just like if you get like one on your phone to go mm-hmm. see a we had the same QR codes. So mm-hmm. we basically had like it was theater four. So if you had a QR code for theater four at that time, it was just like going to see a movie. Mm-hmm. And so it helped and it, it boosted our legitimacy like tenfold. It, mm-hmm. We went from like we're still pretty not to say no name, but we went from like no name to like some buzz when you have that those steps involved. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to make sure that I was able to track the traction correctly and like make sure that we have the right amount of attendance. We had the paywall on the website, you book your ticket and then you come to the event. And that's what helped. I want to say balance out our RSVPs from our actual like show rates. Hmm. So that did, so they had uh, some sort of commitment when they're registering for that tournament. Exactly. So I give you all the information, like the tournament details, um, the rules, regulations and everything. And then you get the choice to pay it just like um, Ticketmaster or, so for a lot of your events then let's say before that how were you doing the logistics on that how were you managing you know registration facebook so facebook events which Mm. was highly unprofessional but like go on facebook create an event and you can say you can like hit the check mark going interested or not going Mm -hmm. and i was basing everything i was doing based off the interested interested and going and then i would have up in person i had like a little square card reader it actually, it's free. So if you ever want to get one of those, go on Square website, set up your business. They'll send you a card reader for free when you set up your account. Kind of cool. But I had that at the front desk. And I had... So people could just pay when they come in? Basically, yeah. So I didn't have any way of getting like the payment mm-hmm. beforehand. And we put a table out in front of like where we had the establishment or whatever establishment we were like running it out of. You'd come up. I had a spreadsheet, like 200 names of RSVPs and whatnot. I got meticulously typed them out. And they'd come in. And then we check them off off a piece of paper, like this person is coming. Yes, and then we build a bracket 
in that 20 minutes before the game started, which it was hectic, it was stressful, but it gave us a lot of like insight on how to actually like handle steps ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I find as a TO, that's one of the hardest things is basically making the registration and seeing that through to the day of people registering and playing and then having that trans translate into a bracket. Yeah. And so for us, we our approach was I create a Google Doc form and event. So what I did is I had like name mm-hmm. um, details. So I try to get as much details as I could. Right. So name, phone number, email, console, yeah. um, gamer tag, everything. So that way I could remarket to them when there's the next one. So I had an email list that I built up. And yeah. so that really helped me in the, in the long run, um, being able to just keep adding every tournament, you know, 50, 60 people on the email list. Ooh. And, um, and then eventually I found a way that you can actually get payments on Google forms. So if you guys, you know, if you or if anyone else wanted to do events, that's a really good free option. Um, you just hook up like your Stripe or PayPal to it. And um, so you have a Google form, then you have a payment at the bottom, and you can just put like register for whatever event. Yeah, and awesome. so, yeah, and for us with Localhost, uh, we did we did a split or like a, there was a venue fee and then there was a tournament fee. And so in the beginning, they were paying the venue fee in, in personal cash or card because the venue could take that. Yeah. And then I would be either taking cash or it would be like PayPal or Venmo or Cash App. So yeah. when you start from the beginning, you know, you don't have any resource. You don't know what you're doing. Yeah. So it feels janky when you start out. <laughs> yeah, it's, man, it's, it's like, you man, it's like 15 different steps. Just mm-hmm. And you feel like if there was a better, like, so we started, then we started, I was handwriting everything when it started, right? You know, yeah. you'd write who registered and then you'd try to fill out the bracket and, and finally I, I was able to get a uh, figure out we use Shalange or at the time we were yeah. using Shalange and so um, um, that was a, a great way when they would register we would just put it in as they registered mm-hmm. um, but now they have like so a good one uh, shout out to Grilla they're they're a really good software tournament app you can actually host your tournament details on there they can mm-hmm. register on there they can prepay on there and it'll build the bracket out as people are registering Ooh, so that one yeah that one's a, a good software we used um and the uh, it's a really cool look. Like that one will make you look real good because there's a link and you go there and it's like all your stuff. <laughs> so like I said, we haven't done events in a while. I don't know. We have one I think coming up at MSU that we're doing with them. Um, nice. That's a Rocket League one, but hey, uh, that more details will come come up with that one later. <laughs> hey man, if you, I don't know. We, we can tag team an event. No. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And anyway, and I'm assuming uh, so. Uh, anyone can reach out to you guys um, whether they want to get involved or, or have questions i'm assuming all your socials are at split screen um yeah. just at um, split so screen there's some barriers so some are at split screen so ig is at split screen reloaded so unfortunately we actually had our first page hacked and lost it but so that's at split screen reloaded facebook's mm-hmm. at split screen everything else yeah at split screen snapchat if you want to jump join the snap map whenever we got stuff going on which actually that's the new thing we started playing with was the snap maps i didn't know anything about it mm-hmm. like oh, you snapchat and mm-hmm. Doing that actually made gave us more walk-ins, weirdly enough. Oh wow! Yes. Yeah, so. yeah, you find out that social media, like it, it was people who are starting out because I have I'm I'm kind of guiding and helping mentor some of the other organizations that are kind of starting because I yeah. feel like I've been there, I've I've done everything, and now I'm kind of like in a position where I kind of want to with my lifestyle, personal lifestyle, I'm in a position where I'd rather guide and mentor versus do the stuff now again because for me it was one person run the show man and i just i couldn't handle it It was too much one person trying to promote and create and then uh run the tournament and and get all the scheduling like photographers shoutcasters production it was like just way too much (laughs) that's how i felt yeah you really do like an octopus you got hands on everything all the way yeah 
So whether you or anyone listening, like if you guys need any help with anything, you can always feel free to reach out to me and I can give you all the, I've built up a really good network of resources and directory of people that I've known sponsors, um, just from the past two years have been doing this. And, um, it's tough. Like it's really tough when you start out because it's a wild west right now. There is no streamlined way of doing it. You kind of have to do what works for whether it's your personality or your, your yeah. work ethic or your game or your industry. <laughs> it's really tough. Absolutely. So you guys have the lounge. Um, and then from there, um, you guys are doing tournaments. So what does kind of like, what is your guys' roadmap for 2024? What do you guys have planned coming up? What is your goals? Uh, we, so we have a million goals, but the roadmap that we got so far. So we've basically planned out, we got an event every month. So it's mm-hmm. the last Saturday of every month. We have actually that calendar up on our website. So you can come check out and see what we have going on. We have uh Madden tournament in January. We have a Mortal Kombat one in February. We have some retro tournaments actually for OG players. We have a Halo three throwback night. So we're actually, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, so we got that one go- cooking up. Um, so yeah, we got various games that we play. Um, as far as goals, we're actually trying to finish the brick and mortar uh, by summer of twenty twenty four, so that you can come and hang out at the grand opening and uh, spend some time with us. We also are building up our streaming platform, of course. So, I mean, at this point. In, in the game, it's necessary to be a content creator if you want to be a business owner. They have mm-hmm. to put it in. Um, so we've actually doubled down and built a stream team. So I actually have a team of streamers who put on their content daily. Um, and they're all listed as well on our website. Um, I want to say as far as one of our biggest goals really is just to, to have that consistency locked in and c- consistently grow our community. Um, but we want to have all facets, all f- covered like if there's something that you want to do or something you're interested in we want to have something for you mm-hmm. so how many people do you have within your organization now oh man we can go down the list real quick i'm gonna do some shout outs some take it take some time yeah. <laughs> promo um so i have a team of streamers um the first streamer that i have has actually been rocking with me uh one of the longest and that's ssl chino so you can find him on twitch um at chino fettuccine then we also have ssl biscay one of our newest members um so that's SSL GG Biscay on Twitch. We have SSL Ambu, Ambu Savage. Um, notice how I throw the SSL before everybody because you know team split screen. Mm-hmm. Um, we have SSL Hot Boy Honcho. We have SSL Smoke Chops. Um, so he's actually one of our biggest streamers right now. He does VR streaming, so he's he's blowing up, going crazy. Cool. Um, we also have um, SSL Macaroni Tony. So you can find him on TikTok, Macaroni Tony. Like I know we got some funny names, but. Um, so he's he's killing the, the short form content game. Um, he plays a lot of like fighting games and whatnot. And we have a photographer who's a beast. He puts together some of the craziest compilation videos you've ever seen. Uh, so it's SSO Rico, but you can find him uh, Rico Dalston if you ever want to book somebody for photography. He's technically a free agent, but you know he's he's family. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure I'm not missing anybody. We got. And are those all streamers. content creators and streamers and just people yeah. under your brand? So those are content creators slash streamers. So they they both, they all do both. They okay. both create content and they all they also stream regularly. So for everyone watching, then how do you do? You, did you already know these people before you started split screen, or did you reach out to them? Like how did you guys how did you get these people within oh, your brand? Um, various avenues actually. So I want to say uh, some of them are like childhood friends. Some I actually met through just pushing a split screen and getting some traction. Some some of our newest members, and then we have some friends of friends. Or recommend it like hey we're doing this but i got a friend who also streams and we'll come hang out do like a vibe check basically get see how the chemistry is and if mm-hmm. we can build and put together like stuff together and 
yeah so it's it's all kinds of walks of life um yeah that's cool yeah i always like to see how people you know like in a position to reach out to other people and you know get them under their brand i think it's it's a really that's a really good skill to have when you're yeah. trying to grow your brand because absolutely you know like we were talking before is you have to cross pollinate your your audiences a lot yeah. and so you got to find other people that either align with you or or maybe even are totally different just to get into different exposures exactly <laughs> yeah um so you guys are located your brick and mortar is located in pueblo right yes so pueblo colorado is our first that's our, right probably second <clears throat> but our first official is our own mm-hmm and so anyone and that's open to public right anyone can just yeah, go in chill, like come hang out this is basically a modern arcade you come out any game platform that you play on whether it's consoles mm-hmm. whether it's pcs even if you have some nostalgia that you like really like you want to play atari or you want to play snes or nes or sega genesis anything we want to have an environment for you to come and hang out and play to your heart's content so then what um so what do you what does your day today look like you know do you have a day job and you do this on the side or, or what does that kind of look like um, so I have a day job. I have, I'm a full-time student, work full-time, and I'm also doing this full-time. So it was just a hobby, but as it's gone, gotten more serious, I've uh, dedicated a lot more time. So it's a lot of, a lot of late nights, mm-hmm. um, but some that I, I wouldn't trade it for, for anything like the exhaustion, the, the work, like the feeling overworked going, mm-hmm. from doing all this all night and then immediately in the morning going to work. And then I was, in between like work and this going to school um yeah no it's 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 full-time for sure on top of all other stuff yeah as you start making that transition from hobby to something like stable it it Mm -hmm. to take up your calendar and your your day-to-day a lot yeah so then you must stay pretty busy throughout the whole (laughs) throughout every day (laughs) yes and i have three kids and i have a wife got yeah you got personal life (laughs) man yeah so it really is balancing that. But mm-hmm. if you can like justify the means, it's it's worth it always. Mm-hmm. So um so you, you got split screen set up the whole journey. And so throughout the journey, I guess, or in the future, what do you find are the biggest challenges that you've had and, and like you've over had to overcome? I wanna say my biggest challenge was like answering that question, like, is it worth it? Mm-hmm. you hit a point where like so the good times will carry you they'll be like oh this is great i could do this forever but then you hit these walls where you're drained you hit these walls where the outcome wasn't what you expected you hit these walls where you're dealing with people who i guess drain the fun out of out of this whole process um then you it, you can answer that question is it worth it with a yes at the end of the day no matter how bad it feels or how rough it gets Mm-hmm. That's how you know, like you're on that right path with it. Um, I feel like for me, like every day I gotta ask, like every day for the most part, I ask that question, like, is it worth it? Mm-hmm. It's worth, like if I'm tired and I'm going from bang to bang, like, um, sorry, energy drinks and coffee just to function, like, is this worth it? Like, I'm drained. I could have mm-hmm. went to bed last night on time, but I stayed up till 3 a.m. so I can make sure that the graphics are just right for a flyer. Where I made sure that this video that we're producing or this content that I'm like chopping up is like ready to hit the the internet the next morning. Is it worth it? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're like starting out or going for this, if you can answer that question with a yes, then like when it when it sucks, anyone mm-hmm. can say yes when things are good. If you got yeah. <laughs> a lot of views, if you got a lot of likes, if you got 
a decent amount of like some financial income from this, you can say yes easily. But mm-hmm. when, when like when this sucks, when this process is rough, can you say yes? Is it worth it? Mm-hmm. Is it worth it? Is it worth the question? Yeah, and I know that feeling because like maybe there's some TOs out there that they've thrown their first tournament and they have a great turnout. And yeah. for me, I've had to I had to build it from ten people to twenty to thirty to forty. And in that process, right, there's like you you have the tournament and you just you feel like is it worth it, right? Because yeah. I've had tournaments where I put so much effort to it and you have a bad turnout and you're just like, man, is this, do I even want to continue to do this? <laughs> is yeah. it worth doing it? But you know, for people maybe like us or who want to get into it, if your passion is strong enough and you feel that that's something that you enjoy doing, it's, it should, it, it feels like it's always worth it. <laughs> always. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There'd be, be some nights where you put like four or five hours into some content, like you edited, you got the graphics, mm-hmm. you, get <clears throat> you get two likes. I'm never, I'm never spending hours on this ever again. Like, yeah, or you spend money, time, energy, and it's just nobody. Like, you just can't figure out what you're missing. And that was one of the hardest things for me was trying to just, at least for when I was doing the tournaments and events, I always learned something new after each event, and oh. so that made me be like, okay, I'm ready for the next one because I know what I messed up on. And it was like a never-ending list. Every time I figured something out, something new would come up. <laughs> yeah, that's another part. So with you, you got to be. A student you gotta like mm-hmm. always be willing to learn like i've made like the realization that i don't know anything no matter how mm-hmm. much information i've like gained i realize i don't know <clears throat> anything and i treat it like that every time so if i'm a student and i can um, open myself up to learn new stuff then i can make my next one way better so every time i put it on i think um there was a promoter who i talked to a couple years ago and after we did all the promotion to put out the event he said, you have to treat each event like it's a commercial for your next event. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, let's put on a smiley face. Like, no, like right now, everything that you're learning, all the community building you're doing, this is going to go draw into the next event. So when you bring up the next thing coming, every, what's fresh in people's minds is what you just did. Everything that happens mm-hmm. this evening is for the next one. So you have to learn. Learn what worked. You had some equipment fail, make sure that you got some IT solutions on a pipeline coming down. If you had bad turnouts, make sure you have some marketing like concepts in the pipeline. If you have bad environments, what like that? No, think about your demographic, your advertising too. It's, it was like a lot of steps that went into how to approach each next one. There's like lessons to be learned in every single one, good or bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You find out what worked, what didn't. You always. find out like for me it was always okay. The customer, I guess the player experience was the most important thing to me because oh. if the player is not going to have fun they're not going to show up to the next one they're not going to tell more people about you and that's where you stay that's where you just end up stopping and so for me i was like the customer or the um player player experience has to be there and you're right because that's fresh in their mind that's that will lead you to the next one and you build on top of that yeah. and um yeah we ran into tons of stuff that i was like okay we need to fix that so then that way they want to come back and they want to tell their friends about us exactly <laughs> yeah so yeah definitely tons of stuff that you're always learning um and you always for me i was always once i had one tournament done i wanted to do the next one but do something a little bit better better or bigger so i was always challenging myself and always growing so no matter if you think you have it figured out for that one tournament mm-hmm. i was always like okay let's take the next step now <laughs> and so there was always a new list of things to learn <laughs> and see that me i always wanted to go, like i wanted to go crazy like if this one did really well i want to go crazy i want to shoot for the moon every time <laughs> Yeah. Like some of my ambitions, like like my eyes are bigger than my stomach a lot of times. So I'm like, I shoot for the moon. I might, I mean, I hit it by any means, but like, yeah, they like aim for that always has been my approach. Yeah. So you said, um, your spouse is also involved, right? Yeah. My wife. So she, 
has been like my biggest support because like, like you know it's a in-house idea that like, you're trying to like build and put together mm-hmm. but my wife has been my biggest supporter since day one when i told her like oh, i was like taking this serious like we were walking our dog and like talked about like building this thing mm-hmm. and like always in my ear like you can do it so yeah um, yeah I, w- I would definitely um, say if you have a person that's there to support you but also to make you look at everything because when you're in it people like us we don't see we see a vision, but we don't see the challenges or the the you stuff that we're in tunnel vision, right? You see what yeah. you're just are trying to achieve and they yeah. kind of help bring you back down to earth and make you realize some of the stuff that you need to think about before you just jump in exactly. on an idea. <laughs> like I look A to Z, like that's where I want to be. This is where I'm yeah. at. She'll, she'll jump in like no, there's steps B, C, D, et cetera. Yeah. Or like, why don't you think about this or make sure you, you understand how this works. And like, yeah. really it was a good idea. So doing it alone is, is tough. So if, if you know whether you need a mentor or a guide or a spouse or a friend, you do need to be able to bounce ideas off of people. Yeah. So crazy part, like so everyone like in my like inner circle knows that like my wife is like technically the boss behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. He's so I'm like really go with the flow type. I'm big on vibes and whatnot. But she's actually yeah. a she's like no, we have this deadline. We have to hit this. And me, mm-hmm. I'm big on like oh no worries, we got time. But she's no, we have thirty minutes. You got to hurry. Yeah. So she's big on making sure she. I'm the idea guy with, with this business that I've built, but she's the one that makes the steps real. She takes the ideas, mm-hmm. like, these crazy outlandish things and makes them real. So I got to give like all the ultimate credit to my wife for that. Just because she is, she's a beast. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. You need someone to, to help bounce it off. I, Cause that's, that's how I am the same way. I see the, I have ideas and I just want to do them, but I don't fully pledge out the plan, you know? Like, let's do it let's figure it out yeah just other steps <laughs> yeah so then um so on your tournaments then i you know up until now how did you for me i ran into trouble getting the equipment getting the uh tons of things right but yeah. i guess from your perspective you know how did you manage from registration to mark like your plans on registration marketing and then the hardware because for me i ran into a good problem which was having too many people and not enough consoles yeah, you know, did you have to go and buy consoles, or did you get sponsors, or did you um, have so resources? So I actually went and bought everything out of pocket. So I actually, oh wow, like, unfortunately, like you know, first couple I went went into debt going to the first couple. Like I was cat, I maxed out credit cards to make, put it on. Mm-hmm. But so the way we had the way it planned out or played out for us was I had the idea, let's do this, and I kept doing like break even analysis for each tournament. So mm-hmm. if it cost, we'll just say $1,000 to put on this event. Now, I'm already at $1,000 just to book it and just to get the equipment and everything. But how many tickets do I need to sell to hit this $1,000 mark to make mm-hmm. it work? And I had, I want to say, like, I had one PlayStation on hand when I put on an event. But it turned out we were going to need, like, five. So bought a second one, and then we actually, like – contact like phone a friend i called all my friends hey can i borrow your playstation for a couple hours mm-hmm. and like i basically like, insured everybody's console so like if i borrowed a console man like i got the money so just in case if it gets broken i got some some stuff for you but mm-hmm. typically like that was only like one event but every event for the most part i go buy everything like out the gate um so i wish i could like tilt the camera a little bit so like we go and like buy the tvs and whatnot for, like, so we like stack oh, wow. the tvs and whatnot um, so you provide everything, the consoles, the TVs, controllers, production, everything? Yeah, so we come out of pocket for everything. If I can borrow it, it'll help, like, help some of that overhead. Mm-hmm. But, so we give away consoles at every tournament we have. 
whether it's from a raffle or you get the prizes. So we've given away Xboxes, PlayStation, Switches, Switch Lights, Oculus Quests. We we go crazy. Um, just to make sure like it's memorable. You want it. Yeah. I have raffles on top of that. So if I borrow a bunch of PlayStations, I still gotta go buy a PlayStation to give away if I can't give away my friends. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we come out of pocket every time. Wow. Um, we just now started getting to a space where the profits from these tournaments can like help cushion that blow a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty good because for me, I don't think at my events I was I was maybe breaking even, <laughs> and I, I feel like a bunch man. I was losing right, and then I was losing yeah. ton money in the beginning, and then finally starting to break even, and then towards the end I was making a teeny teeny bit, me you know just barely anything. <laughs> I got a crazy story actually, man. So like one of our first tournaments, this is at the Monkey Barrel in uh, Denver. Um, so we. This is one of the first tournaments where we broke even and had a profit. So we like broke even, then we had a raffle that pushed us over. So we were like, we're up. And in my head, yeah. like, I'm doing like quick math because I'm still running the event. And like, we made like a thousand bucks. Yeah. Like, we're pretty up. So the entire night, right? Where my like team is eating. So like, every time my team goes out, everything's on me. Like, yeah. If, if you're going to help me put this on, I'm going to make sure that you're comfortable. But my team was like buying shots and they were like going crazy and like buying. <laughs> They, so it was, this was at like a bar, so it's, it's, a, it's a totally different vibe for a tournament. But they were like racking up a bill, and at the end of the night, in my head, I'm like, we did great. So I pay everybody from my team. This is the first time my team's actually able to take some cash home from an event we did. We didn't mm-hmm. win the event, so I paid everybody out, and we leave the turn like so we left the venue, packed up, left. It's like this is a great night. I still so team got paid, and I still had like 200 bucks. I'm like, this is, we're doing it, and I got a yeah. phone. Call. From the bar owner, like, hey, you guys have an open tab for 500 bucks. So, somebody gonna come and pay that? Or, oh no, <laughs> the whole evening, everyone would go to the bar and say, put it on split screen. Yeah, put it on split screen. So, we broke even. We had, I mean, so we made a profit, but then turns out we, we overindulged a little bit more than we should have. Sure, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> celebrate a little bit more. Than yeah, you thought. yeah too, excited, too excited, too early. So, yeah, I mean, for me, yeah, like, um, the it was, it was really hard to, for a lot of people, I think they see events and they see, right. The big ones when they've already built up to where they need to be yeah. and they think, okay, you charge 10, $20, however many per person, right. 10, 15, 50, and you get a hundred people. That's, you know, $5,000. And they think it's just like easy like that. No. <laughs> so one thing you gotta remember, you, you get your overhead before anything, mm-hmm. or you have a single penny to your name, you have your overhead, everything that you spent to put this on, is just you getting get the money back for that. Whether you owe the venue X amount of dollars or you need to get reimbursed for the equipment you spent money on or the flyers you purchased or the ad space you purchased. Mm-hmm. After all that said and done, then you also have like, I guess most people have like a tournament prize pot. So mm-hmm. some of that money from the tickets is going to that. Mm-hmm. And then you also have, if you have a team that's helping you out, they have their fees that, that come with. You got a photographer, they have X amount that they're expecting. So after it's all said and done, it's, it's really rare that you come out like crazy. Even if you have like a big turnout and a big dollar amount, unless you made it crazy expensive, it, the margins aren't the best in this field, unfortunately. Well, and right now, you know, I started my tournament. So, the, so there's a venue fee of 10 bucks, you know, because the, the local host, they, Look, were, they had a venue fee. Local host, man. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> and then. And then we had a tournament fee of five bucks. And so even with, you know, 30 people showing up, it's like, dude, that's like 150 bucks. And our prize pool was 225 and minimum, you know? And so it, it, you have to find a balance. Cause I was like, I want to make it as 
cheap as possible so the most amount of people show up. Right. But in turn, that also makes you very hard to cover all the costs of anything. Yeah. And then you want it that, but then if you want to raise it up to like twenty, thirty, forty dollars, then you have way less people showing up. And so it's trying to find that balance of, you See, know, that ticket price bell curve, <laughs> and there's like a sweet spot. Too low, you're not gonna get enough traction to cover your losses. But there's a sweet spot somewhere, like no one ever knows what that somewhere actually is. Mm -hmm. A little more, it's gonna start to dip back down. You'll start mm -hmm. out. So it, it's. It's like walk. It's like walking on a tightrope, man. Finding that balance is hard, hard, hard. And that balance, I don't think anyone knows until you start running them. Because, I, you know, it was all over the place. Like for me, I thought ten dollars was a sweet spot, but or fifteen or twenty. And yeah. I, I, I even till now, I still don't think I ever got to a sweet sweet spot. So for me, I've been like going like, what's the total cost for everything, and try to add five bucks to that per ticket. Mm -hmm. It's been like not like. I don't want to say the sweet spot, but it's getting sweeter. Like it, it's, mm -hmm. it's still working. Like I'm trying to like get it to that point where you can have a profit, but you're out like without charging people crazy amounts of money. Mm -hmm. as as, and as long as like the prize, the environment, and like the bang for your the experience, buckets, yeah. As long as all of that can justify how much I'm asking for, then I can push it up a little bit more. And mm -hmm. typically, at every event that we have, you know, we everybody gets merch, whether you win, lose, or draw. It's guaranteed. You get a swag bag. Mm. Just make sure that's so. We want to make that's sure that you're always top notch. Mm -hmm. Environment and the field, like the tournament, if it's going to do what the tournament's going to do. Mm -hmm. But I want to make sure that I'm creating an environment where you're comfortable, you can enjoy yourselves, even if you're not a player or you're not winning. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, everyone gets merch, get a swag bag full of like split screen stuff. We always have raffles. Mid tournament, we have like trivia. So if it's a Smash Bros., we'll come with questions that Smash fans would know. Mm -hmm. uh, and give away stuff like for that um then we also have like food and whatnot so you know come for the game stay for the food kind of vibe mm -hmm. but yeah so we try to make sure it's, it's a unique but also a memorable experience yeah. i know people compete in tournaments don't remember the last like three they'll remember that last one they just did but three before that they don't have any memories unless something crazy happened yeah but i want to be sure that mine always memorable no matter what is going on so then on your merch, like, you know, how, how did you set up, did you print them off yourself or, or do you order them or how does that, how do you do um, merch? All right. So out the gate. So this is like me starting with no resources. Um, there was a website called Spreadshirt. I actually bought, so I bought my first, my personal first hoodie from Spreadshirt. It lets you customize and create your own stuff. I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm going to wear this to all of my tournaments. This is awesome. Then they dropped Spreadshop. <clears throat> you can make your own like um, e-commerce e store. You can create create your own designs, upload your own designs, and then you get a commission off of everything that gets sold through their website. Mm -hmm. And luckily, like I think I made like almost like 20, 30 books. <laughs> um, so that was <laughs> that was the end of spreadshirt. Like it was still going. And actually, mm -hmm. I still have spreadshirt on my website, so you can still get stuff from there. Mm -hmm. So every time I create like a new design, I put it up there just in the event, get some traction. But yeah. we found more success in-house. So went and bought a cricket, uh, heat press embroidery machine a sublimation printer mm -hmm. and all that stuff so, so, we cook <clears throat> so while we give you all the stuff that we make in-house so we have 100 people we'll press up 100 shirts that night um we had more success for selling those like basically out the trunk so we got it out the trunk with the with the merch wow. and we also started selling hoodies so you get the shirt for free just by showing up we do mm -hmm. sell them like not during tournament time just mm -hmm. on the not on the street, but like out in public. But so we sell those 10 bucks a pop. You come to the tournament, you get it for free because you already paid. 
Um, but then we started a thing where I had these hoodies pressed up. And if you purchased the hoodie, you got free entry to every event we run for that year. So I'll press up. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I actually started working with um, distributors. Like so we started like we got a little bit of. I want to say connected. A little, a little bit. We're, we're doing a little bit better. Yeah. Um, so reached out to distributors to press up our first premium hoodie, which is like embossed. I wish I was wearing it, but, should, but so it's like really professional, really like top-notch hoodie. Mm -hmm. And purchasing that gave you free entry to every tournament that we have for the year. And we're gonna do those at the top of the year. So January second, we'll show the hoodie, and I'll explain how purchasing this gets you like tickets to every single event we have for the year. Mm. And then we'll do that every January. That's a good idea. That's a good way to promote and and because for me, I uh, I think I was the same way. I had my I had what I did first starting right because you yeah. don't really know what you're doing. I had um, my logo sent to um, lids, had them print out a hat for me, and then uh, they and I got them to do like a jacket and a shirt. So I wore that to the events, and yeah. then um, eventually I built the Shopify store. And yeah. obviously that's more expensive doing print on demand because I set that up with a print on demand back, yeah. and. Um, and how I was been marketing was I would use codes so I didn't have to carry inventory. So yeah. I would have a code that was like, Hey, if you win, you get, you get like $50 off your order from our merch shop. And so you can get, you can choose what, what you want and what size and color. And so for me, it didn't have to carry it, but it also made stuff more expensive. So a shirt was running like 35, 40 bucks. Whereas mm -hmm. probably you guys have a much lower cost. So you have better prices, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Well, so I can give you a couple of cheat codes for the merchandise. Um, so if you want to do stuff in-house, if you can get all the mm -hmm. equipment and whatnot. Um, we have a, there's a local warehouse out here in Colorado, actually. They got a space, and it's um, Jiffy shirts. So if you're familiar mm -hmm. with Jiffy shirts, they got a warehouse out here in Colorado. And you can buy shirts. Like, they got Gildan Tees. They got Anvil. They got Hanes. They got even, like, some more premium stuff. But the T-shirt cost starts at, like, $1.15 a shirt. Mm -hmm. So you can get some bulk stuff go to like target or actually no i recommend like amazon for this and get vinyl in bulk mm -hmm. get it and all that so the overhead total you spend like maybe 200 dollars to get a heat press a cricket your starter like apparel and some vinyl and as long as you have like an imagination you can cook up a bunch of stuff for 200 bucks that's yeah and, that's a good idea yeah so that helps me keep my shirt cost down it's like this shirt here it cost me a dollar fifty to make total mm -hmm. And sell them for about ten bucks. So. Yeah, see, that's <laughs> and that's like that's that's great, I and mean, that's like awesome price. And that's why I wish I could do that, but with the cost of pound to manage, is it's it's yeah. too high. <laughs> and plus, you only get a commission on that, so it's yeah. So Actually, that's like you get the whole thing, right? Do you? Well, no. So you still have to pay for the shirt. So you pay. So I use print of uh, print Printful, and then that hooks up to your Shopify. So when someone orders on Shopify, that goes to print print fi and then they'll make it and send it to that person so they drop ship it but having those that ease of service also comes at a price which i do suggest though if somebody if you if you have good a good brand good design and you have a way to sell that premium price mm -hmm. then i suggest going that route because or or your route if you know how to do everything i don't know how to do graphic design or, or printing or anything <laughs> but yeah, but like for for anyone else, you know, for everyone listening wants to get involved, that for me that worked because that was set up, and I had somebody make the website. Uh, I 
also designed it, but um, then I could decide how I wanted to market and use the merch as a marketing tool. So I would do like raffles. I would do first place, second would get cash plus like hoodies or stuff. Nice. Um, but that did rack up a lot more cost than than I expected. <laughs> and the other thing, man, factoring costs is a battle all in itself. Mm -hmm. I don't know because you said you're like me with the imagination. Like you see the end goal, but then there's steps that hit you in the face. Like I did not realize like this cost this much, and I'm already in the red. Yeah, I've already advertised. I've already gone. I gotta go. I you're gotta in too deep it. already. You know. <laughs> you gotta see it through. Man, like I've committed. Yeah. I've advertised it, but then you find out like this is way more expensive than I bargained for. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. And, and yeah, and for me, I was like, you know, my vision, I want to see everyone wearing my shirt, my hoodie, you know, coming to my events and, and I want to have like, you know, the biggest events and I keep growing. I have a million dollar, I have the biggest prize pool in, in the region or something. Exactly. And, you know, you want to have DJs there and like make it a crazy, sexy, fun party. And then, <laughs> but you don't see what it's, you don't see the, the roadmap clearly sometimes. <laughs> exactly. Make it add that cash register, sound, cash register sound effect to everything that happens. Just change. You know. <laughs> um well kian um i mean we're we're running uh you know run up to an hour i didn't know any we'll start wrapping up but i mean was there anything else kind of you want to go over or kind of tell the audiences anything like any special information or stuff you've learned anything stay in school i'm kidding no. yeah. stay in school. um i just want to say like as far as like the gaming community in colorado specifically like how it goes i would love to like have more people network like being able to sit here and like talk with lamar has been dope because he has mm -hmm. his community i have mine but being able to come and talk to him pick his brain and give my insight on topics um i would encourage like more people to go and reach out like take your platform and go reach out i would like love to like actually like set up like a network thing just for people who are like building the gaming infrastructure here in colorado mm -hmm. so i feel like it is like like you said is it is the wild west but if we can like tag team this and become the foundation of like what future gamers and like future players come and like work on it'd be dope to say mm -hmm. that like we laid like the the roads for this we we walked so the gamers after us can run yeah <laughs> exactly so we can give them something to build upon you know exactly <laughs> so um yeah, so everyone listening, that you they can find all of your information, all your events, um, everything new that's coming out for next year at all your socials. Um, they can follow all the streamers, all of your content creators. Um, shout out to everyone that's involved. I've been following you guys. You guys are doing some great stuff. I really appreciate what you guys are doing for Colorado, trying to get the scene here built. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you again. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for hopping on. Last, uh, what I'd like to ask everyone before we end, though, is – since we're all gamers, right? What is your top three favorite games of all time? Um, so actually, so I've been watching your show for a minute. So yeah. I, you've been wait, you've been ready for it. <laughs> listen, I want to change it for a little bit. So like, I can't name three, but I can name my top three, like my top three developers that I feel okay. like toe to toe with anybody's developers, and that's Insomniac, <laughs> of course, Naughty Dog, and Sucker Punch. I feel like their catalogs can go against body yeah. stuff. Now, I want to like narrow it down to three, but I've that's impossible. True, for, true. For someone like me who plays like crazy amounts of games, mm -hmm. I can tell you my three today, but that three will not be the same tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but I will like say I'll throw Spider Man in there just because I'm a Spider Man fanatic. So I'm, yeah, like, I got like a poster. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm a Spider Man fanatic. So I'll always make sure he gets to mention at some point. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> I just started Spider-Man 2, so I'm excited to, to get going on it. And see, now I got the platinum with it. I played it for two days straight, and that was... It was rough. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it, but that, that's that's a great game. Um, yeah. Well, at the Game Awards had me sad. I won't lie. Mm-hmm. It was a great ga- a great year for gaming, though. Like, yes, it was it was an amazing year. I thought it was one of the best years in, in a long time we've had of releases and good quality games coming out. Oh, fire! Like shout out to yeah. Baldur's Gate, man. That's probably the closest thing I've I've like vocalized is the closest thing to like a complete game I've like seen release for an RPG in a long time. Where yeah. it didn't patches day one, it didn't need assistance, it didn't have microtransactions. It was the perfect game in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've yet to play that's on my list as soon as I finish Spider Man. <laughs> what was that? Have you played Starfield? No, see I'm on PS five. Um oh. and so I don't have I don't have uh, Starfield, but I've been thinking about getting an Xbox <laughs> just for that. Yeah. I've heard it's a great game. Man, that's that's one of my guilty pleasures for sure. Yeah. Man. Well, Keon, I'll definitely have you on again in the future. Um, I think you you gave my audience, I think you gave my audience and listeners a, a ton of information that I think they can use because I, 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 no, I think that was great. I don't think there's a lot of resources out there, at least that I can find that gives people an idea of what it looks like to be an event organizer, a TO uh, organizer, or I guess TO. And um, so, yeah, thank you so much for all your insight. And yeah, I'd love to have you back on in the future again. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, well, you can stay on. I'll end it. Um, but everyone else watching, thank you tonight. And um, we'll make some good content out of this for you guys. <laughs> All right,